Welcome to the Bad Podcast. The podcast about three Asian dudes from the Bay. Who only want one thing. Real, Real talk. talk. Welcome back to the Bad Podcast. It's episode six, and today we're going to be talking about keeping up with the Joneses. Or the Jungs. The who? <laughs> the Jungs? Um, Joneses? Jones. Jones? Joneses? Joneses. So, question of the day. Do you guys post a lot on social media? And if you guys do, what warrants you to post? And if you guys don't, why don't you? So I've thought about this question a lot because I post very rarely. And that spurred me to think like, hmm, why do I post so rarely? And the answer is that I will tend to post things that I want to remember later in life. Like I want my timeline to be of things that like I can look back and look back on and be like, oh, like that was hella fun kind of thing. So it's more just like a, a I treat it more like a journal than, mm-hmm. than anything else. Yeah, I would, I would definitely agree with that too. I would say that I mostly post nowadays if it's something that I want to remember as kind of a big life moment. So when I got married or bought a home, things like that. I will say though, I think with the introduction of things like ephemeral content, like ephemeral being like temporary, like uh, Instagram stories. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like Instagram stories, similar to like Snapchat where it's just only live for like 24 hours. Those things to me are like when are things that are, I think are maybe like are just funny or maybe a message I want to get out there. You know, if there's like certain causes that I'm supporting or if there's like an event going down that I want to show off, to be honest, right? I think mm-hmm. that's usually what I'll do that. So for me, it's like you have your curated content, which is like kind of what you, I post on like Instagram or Facebook. And then uh, there's like kind of more of like the stupid, silly stuff or stuff that's like really quick uh, that I'll put on like Instagram stories. So I, I would say I definitely post way less than I used to in, in college or even in my early 20s. And I think now it's really just like more like important moments. Yeah, I mean, I think I have like a, a different point of view, even though I do work in like, like the social space. I used to post not a lot, but you know, I used to post how Yim used to post Mm -hmm. where it's just like, you know, things I want to look back upon. Right. But it's kind of weird. Like as I get a little bit older to me, it it just held like less and less value. So even for like bigger things, like I just, I would always find myself like posting less, like even if it was just like the ephemeral or, you know, like Instagram stories and stuff like that. Right. So that kind of like leads us to what keeping up with the Joneses are and with the Merriam-Webster definition it, it means it is an idiom to show that one is as good as other people by getting what they have and doing what they do. Mm. So with that in mind, do you think that the rise of social media exacerbated the rise of the feelings to keep up with the Joneses? And do you, do you find yourself trying to keep up with the Joneses? Yes, I do believe that the rise of social media has exacerbated those feelings of trying to keep up with everybody else or trying to you know, continue to, to show up, to flex, whatever you want to call it, on everybody else uh, to show that you're kind of living your best life and advantages and stuff like that. I'd, I'd say that I think that as there's been more awareness to social media, people have started to become uh, more real on social media, which I do appreciate. Like there's, you see more posts now of like, what their bodies actually look like or tough moments, not just the good ones. And so um, I think there is, it has made some of a kind of reconciliation in terms of not just showing the positive parts. But even with that being said, I mean, if you follow celebrities, if you follow, you know, other people's lives, especially that like aren't necessarily your like friends or your immediate circle, it's hard not to get caught up in that, right? You see people vacationing in like tropical islands and buying expensive things. And it's like, oh man, how do I get to that sort of like level, right? And even, even amongst your friends, right? I think there's that sense of like, if I'm not getting married or buying a house or getting a new car or whatever it is that like maybe someone else is posting that it kind of feels that way. What's interesting about that too, is that it may be like a once in a decade moment for someone, but you may, because it's like how social media works, you're just fed content you see, right. Or, or 
things that may be relevant to you. You may see one of your friends buy a car and then you see like a car ad and then you see like a celebrity buying a, uh, a car. And so like in your mind starts to like kind of wheel that, right? Where it's like, oh man, like, should I be buying a car? You have no reason to be doing that, right? But it just feels like that kind of like buildup of like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta like keep up. I gotta keep doing like grinding and hustling or, or whatever it is. And so, yeah, I know that's kind of a long-winded answer, but I would say yes, that there's definitely an, an accentuated feeling of, of trying to keep up. Yeah, I would... I would agree with that, but I would also say that there can be a little bit of a gray area in terms of how one considers what keeping up with the Joneses really is, right? And so um, when I say that, I think that keeping up with the Joneses comes in a lot of forms, right? As, as we kind of talked about, like um, the materialistic, right? Buying a house, buying a car, doing this and that. Right. But then there's, there, there, I feel like there's also a little bit of specialization, right? People that keep up specifically with material goods, people that want to travel to all the places that they see people traveling, people that, right. you know, are reviewing tech in the same way that, um, you know, the, the big streamers are reviewing, reviewing like the newest iPhones or whatever else. But when, when I say gray area, what I want to get at, right, is like, let's take cooking, for example, right? Like cooking uh, on Instagram is like really, really big, right? Yeah. And like, like just posting really quick recipes from from the you know top down view um, and, and and all that the one burner stove or exactly the one burner stove exactly <laughs> the whole exactly. it's the tasty menu exactly <laughs> doing what tasty did kind of thing right and and so you know one might think like keeping up with the Joneses oh like they made this hell a complicated thing like I'm gonna try and make this complicated thing but can you really call it keeping up with the Joneses or is it more leaning into like oh I really want to like learn this new skill kind of uh -huh. thing and you know and so I'm I'm kind of like torn whereas like yes I think that hands down yes bottom line yes keeping up with the Joneses is a real thing. And the more people post, you know, about that success or buying these new things, I think that people will try to emulate that. But there also is a gray area of like, there is a healthy, like exposure to new things as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me personally, that was like one thing that I like don't really struggle with. Cause like, I mean, you guys know, like I'm not a very materialistic person. Like, you know, for example, the shirt I'm wearing right now, it's probably like, it's Fruit of the Loom. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> well, we'll cover that in our, our future fashion episode, <laughs> right? <Next> episode, <laughs> but I'm, in all honesty, you know, like in the original sense of like keeping up with the Joneses and, you know, keeping up with material things of having like the coolest gadgets, like that was something that I'd used to fall into the traps of. Um, but as I kind of get older, oh my God, I make myself sound kind of old. You are old, man. <laughs> what am I talking about? I'm like 24. <laughs> no, I'm 24. 24. I learned that. Millennial. Um, but yeah, in all honesty, as I get a little bit older and as I learn more about, I guess, like money and like, or, you know, like in terms of like, or it all kind of fell back when I started learning more, more about minimalism, mm. not saying that I'm a minimalist, but, you know, just being more conscious or like intentional about what I buy and stuff like that. Right. But the reason why I wanted to originally talk about this episode was more about like in the more meta sense, because like for me, I might not compare myself in the like material world, but I do end up comparing myself in like the career world, right? Mm -hmm. Where, you know, I see other people who work for like cool companies, you know, right. like some like the Fang basically, you know, like right. any of the tech giants or like any of these other companies that, you know, do cool things. You know, I myself feel that I quote unquote keep up with the joneses in that way mm -hmm. and then i don't know if you guys deal with that but i mean you know do you guys deal with that at all i would say that in a manner of speaking i do when it comes to work so i work in the biotech industry and to me personally it's a little bit less about the end product of the company right so i'm finding myself not as interested in like working for the companies that do the coolest things but I am more interested in the skills that each company has to offer kind of thing in terms of like what I can learn there. Because in the world of biotech, right, in the world of science, it becomes more and more important later in your, later in your career if you want to go down the technical route 
to have more technical skills, right? And I feel like, you know, in my day to day, when I see different scientists using different technical skills, I immediately get a feeling of like, oh, I should learn how to do that so that I can kind of go up that tree. And you know, I, I should learn the stats skills that this guy has um, so that I can further advance that way. And so there is definitely a sense of like, yeah, I, I want what these other scientists and, and what these other people have, but less so on like the company side, like you described. For me, less on the material things as well. I've definitely hit that point of like wanting to focus more on like high quality products. It's better for the environment and things like that. So I think for me, I can mentally justify those things where I don't need all the material things. But if I'm, I'm going to be totally honest with you, I still struggle with this on every aspect. Like I think I have to like reason with myself out of everything. Like Instagram ads hit me all the time. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, that's a dope shirt. I could totally rock that. And I've definitely bought stuff that like doesn't fit. So you know, for me, I think it's, it's something that I still struggle with. Um, I'm on social media a lot just cause I don't post a lot. doesn't mean I'm not on it a lot. So there's between that and then same thing, right? Like I want to like travel, do all this cool stuff. Even now, uh, I think especially in quarantine, there's been so much just like talk and excitement or just like media around like the stock market, the real estate market, things like that. Right. And so, you know, you see all these people like, Oh, I just bought my like third investment. I'm like, I'm here's my, I'm making like $3,000 in, in positive cash flow. And, like I'm making passive income. That's the way that you get, you know, you get wealthy. And like, I just start thinking about this stuff. I'm like, Oh, I'm not doing enough. I should be researching this. I should be getting up at 5am and hit the stock market like everybody else. And like, you know, and like do all this stuff, but it's, it's kind of exhausting and I haven't been able to really pull myself out of it. So I'm be honest with you. I don't have a really good method to stop myself from comparing. I think for me, it's probably a, like, I need to either just get off social media or it's kind of a cold turkey situation probably for me, just because I think the more I'm exposed to it personally, that I just, I struggle with it. To be honest, like that was where I really like, like struggled, right? Because I don't really compare myself to people on Instagram, but I might compare myself to people on LinkedIn, right? Which is kind of <laughs> weird. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what counts as social media, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, and yeah. It's, yeah. Work for your social on it. <laughs> so it's like, it's like whenever you post an article on LinkedIn, it's like, everyone's like, great job. Like yeah. same thing. Right. It's like, it's yeah. not, yeah. I don't know. It's like from like, call, like from like people I've matched when I was in college, I have no idea who they are. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, in a way, it does make me feel a little bit better. Like, I'm not the only one. <laughs> right. uh, I mean, but at the same time, like it does make me feel very behind, right? Because for me, at least, you know, I, I want to try to get to that next level career wise. But then even though I'm not supposed to be comparing, I see other people who are like, I mean, I'm not that old, but I see people who are like way younger, like light years ahead of me. It's just very hard for me to like picture myself in, in a way it's like half motivating, but also very like demotivating and I don't know if you guys have any answers to that or like in general but like for someone anyone how would you like advise someone to just like help navigate those feelings or yeah so I think one of the situations one of the best pieces of advice that I ever received was have goals for yourself and and focus on those goals and make sure you're progressing. I know that seems pretty basic, but I think what I what I mean by that is that I kind of described, you know, everything from stock market, real estate, your own career, things like that. Like it's so easy to get pulled in like 10 different directions, right? And like it's the allure of like making money and, you know, doing all this stuff, but like is that what's actually important to me or is that actually a goal of mine? And so taking kind of a step back and thinking like, all right, what is something that I want to achieve? Period. And why do I want to achieve it? Like understanding the why has been, I think, really, really helpful. So I'll give you an example. For me, at least, when I had first left college, first graduated from college, 
you know, I was working kind of a dead end job and, and, and I didn't like it. You know, I saw all my friends just like taking off in other industries or, you know, getting like much cooler jobs and all this stuff. And for me, I was like, man, like I, I want, I want all this stuff, but I was like, all right, what do I really want? And for me, I was interested in technology. And so I wanted to get a job in the tech industry. So I set myself a goal of that and kind of like disregarded everything else. And it, it took like a year, it took like a year and a half, but I was able to grind and like get to a point where I was able to transition into the tech world. And so that for me, that gave me a tremendous feeling of accomplishment in comparison to some of my peers and maybe was lagging behind, but I set a goal for myself. And so I think for me, as long as you set a goal for yourself and progress towards whatever the, the, that thing that you've set for yourself, then to me, you're making progress in your life. You're advancing, you're changing, you're growing and you're learning, which I think we've talked about. That has tend to be a theme out of this podcast, which is you know, we're encouraging ourselves and our listeners to always be learning. Right. And I think as long as you're learning and growing, um, and like, again, progressing towards your own goals, you're in good shape. Last thing I'll say in this, cause I've been talking for a little bit is I definitely agree with you, Doug, too, like where internet is great and terrible. Right. Um, in the sense that like you get everything from like comparing yourselves to other people's lives, but then you also see like those like other posts, like, which is the flip side you're like, Oh, you know, this famous person didn't get their start until they were like 50. And so, you know, it's almost like, okay, well you're doing fine. And so the, it's almost like this constant flip-flop of like, Oh, you're okay. You're not okay. You're comparing, you don't compare. Like, you know what I mean? You kind of fed all of this through the same channel, which is it's super confusing. And so I think that it's a fine line between using it as motivation, learning about something different, but also not getting like lazy and saying, oh, well, it'll work out later on. So I think it's just, it, it is really, really tough to navigate all that. And I don't have a great answer, but for me is set goals for yourself and, and do what you can to achieve those goals. So would you give our listeners, but by listeners, I also mean myself, mm-hmm. <laughs> would you give them any tips on like how to set goals? Because I often find myself, you know, setting goals in sometimes either falling short or what is the best way to navigate to setting personal goals? I mean, I do understand that a lot of it is very tailored to who you are, mm-hmm. right? You know, I think that that's just kind of part of the nature, but any like broad strokes types of tips that you, you would give to anybody? Yeah, it's, oh man, it's, it's a tough question. And I wish I had a better answer to be honest with you. I wish I had like a really good nugget of wisdom, but I don't. I think for me, it's um, it's almost like the same goals that I told to do at work, right? Which is um, set like measurable goals that you can set within a certain time frame. Um, so I think that gives it like some, some solidity. And then also, like I said, like I mentioned before, the what and the why. So I'll give, you, I'll give you a really good example. There was a period of time where I was obsessed and I mean literally obsessed with making six figures. Like it was just like, it was the end all be all. It was like the goal. It was something that like I, I wanted to grind and make happen, even if I had to work two jobs. And then like, I, I, like my friend asked me, he's like, why do you care? Like what, what, what about six figures do you think will make you happy? And I think at the time, like my answer was just like, oh, that's what I've been told. Like that's the goal, right? Just to, to do that. Like that's going to be what helps me get everything I need in life. And they're like, well, wh- why do you think that? Take a step back and understand like where you're hearing that from. And I think for me, it was just something that was ingrained in me by my, honestly, my parents and from some, some, some of the societal pressure. But then after I stopped focusing on that and started focusing on real things, like I said, I want to get in the technology industry. I want to work with really interesting, cool and people. Why? Because for me, that means I'll be able to learn more about like up and coming industries, which I'm really interested in. Uh, and I want to do that within a year. It took me a year and a half. Again, I fell short of my goal, but I was, I was actively making progress to do so. So then I eventually was able to make that happen. So again, setting timelines, actionable steps to get there. And then again, assessing the what and the why has really helped me at least set goals. Yeah. It's funny that you, you do say that though, because not that I make six figures, but the more I learn, the more money you make. <laughs> yeah. Right. It kind of, like, it, like, like the less money, it's all relative. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Like the less money you really have. I think when you Not say, really, but. when you stay hyper-focused on that number, like it, it doesn't mean anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That was a lot. 
<laughs> bad. I just <laughs> no, 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 not, not as a bad thing, but it's just like, so I, I just have a couple editions. Take it as you will. One edition, I would say, when it comes to keeping up with the Joneses and comparing is just not to forget everything that you have learned, right? And everything that you have gained in the in the time that you've been around. One one thing that kind of spoke to me because I, I experienced the same thing in my industry is when I see my peers who maybe are younger and have achieved a lot more or they know a lot more technically about the science. It, it makes me have negative feelings, right? But then one time I had a conversation with one of my coworkers and he was like, look, like when it comes right down to it, is the hardest part about the job learning about like how to run the fermenters or how to use the software or how to do the calculations and stuff like that? Like, absolutely not. You get trained on how to do that. It's, it's your job to learn how to do that. The hardest part is learning how to communicate with people, learn how to, learning how to set effective timelines, learning how to, you know, manage expectations of people. And I feel like when I look back at my experience in the workplace, you know, I, I really did have to overcome a lot of those challenges kind of thing. Yeah. And um, maybe the younger person who knows a lot technically, you know, hasn't yet developed those skills. And so I feel like I'm just going to come back to the overall message. Make sure to give yourself credit for yeah. the things that you have achieved so far in your life. You know, don't short yourself there. And the second thing I, I would want to say is 100% backing <laughs> what Han said in terms of in terms of setting specific time slots for yourself to be successful, right? I'm going to give you an example. In your workplace, you're going to have some platform to set up meetings with other people, right? And it, it'll have a specific time slot. And that's how you, how you always know, like to go to your meetings, right? I'm right. probably preaching to a bunch of adults. So you already know this, but anyways, <laughs> apart from using it for specific meetings, right? Like in my workplace, I told my manager one time, I was like, look, work is killing me. Meetings are killing me. I don't have enough time to like sit at my desk and study the science. And she's like, why don't you just set a meeting aside for yourself in Outlook so that people know not to come bother you. You could even book your own room kind of thing and use that hour to like advance your, your science skills kind of thing. And, and once she said that, and once I started doing it, I started getting the results I wanted. Mm. So I think that setting effective goals in specific timelines is very important. A common theme I've noticed out of what we've all just said is for you, Daniel, you talked about, you know, setting aside a time for yourself to, to dive into the work that you want to. For me, it was like checking with the why and, and setting yourself goals for yourself. Doug, you also just talked about making sure that you're working towards or learning something. I think the common theme amongst all of this, and maybe what I would encourage all of us and as well as all of our listeners to do is spend time with yourself. I think that's really what it comes down to. So important. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like take that time to like, again, get off social media, get off the daily grind, get off whatever it is. And just check in with yourself. Like, yo, where are you at? Are you moving towards the things you want to be doing? Are you spending the time on things you want to be spending time on? Look, at the end of the day, we all got to do shit we don't want to do, right? It's just part of life, right? Part of adulting in general. But you can spare 30 minutes of your time to just work on you, right? And check in with yourself. Be like, yo, is this the work I want to be doing? Is this the thing I want to be focusing on? Is this the thing I want to be learning? Or even is, is this the goal I want to be having? And I think that's the thing about goals, right? They can always change. You know, you may think that you want something, like I wanted a certain salary. And then you realize that's not going to bring you happiness. So you focus on something else instead. So just because you don't make your goals doesn't necessarily mean you're a failure. It just means that you found something else. Right. So I think really, I think the common theme that I'm, I'm noticing here is just check in with yourself. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of happy you kind of wrapped it all up like that, because while you're talking about that, something that I did think about was myself, mainly because I always think about myself. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> But in all honesty, like when I take myself, for example, I used to kind of like beat myself up a little bit mm -hmm. when I will take it like a day or a few hours and try to like work on something. Right. 
And then there's days that I just want to veg out. But then you kind of like hear all these like stories of people who, you know, I, I grinded eight hours a day at work and then went home and grinded another like six hours studying. Mm-hmm. And then now I am like X, Y, Z, right? Like, right. and the way that you kind of framed it was like, you know, check in with yourself, kind of like, what are you doing? Yeah. And that kind of actually helped me realize that like, sure, vegging out isn't a step towards the goal, but I guess like a pit stop, right? Yeah, Whereas it's just absolutely. like, you can't realistically keep pushing on forward and like keep your foot on the gas. Cause at yeah. some point you got to get, you, you got to get more gas. <laughs> exactly. Something that you brought up there has been something that I've been seeing a, a theme of in on social media platforms recently. And I, I do think it's interesting, which is we praise burnout. I think on social media, right? It's that sort of like, I grinded 15 hours a day to make it to where I am, right? Like you kind of hear a lot of these sort of stories and like, I only sleep three hours a night and otherwise I'm up at the gym, like at 4 a.m. I'm working, I'm like, when I'm not working at work, I'm working on my side projects, like something. There's like, there's this kind of like stigma of like, oh man, if you're working that hard, then that's awesome. Or like, that's the goal. Like you want to be doing like that motivated. But the, the truth is, man, that's, that's not healthy. Like therapists have said it and my own therapist has told me like, that's not a way to live. Like we praise that sort of stuff on social media because everyone loves the underdog story, right? Everyone loves the story of like, he or she hustled, they made it work and you know, they did whatever it took. And so like everyone loves those stories. But I think what ends up happening is that this, that sort of idea of like working till you burn out and then pushing past that is what's praised or like, man, you, that's what you got to do to make it. But honestly, that's not the case. Sometimes you just need, like you said, you need to take that pit stop in order for you to fill up gas and keep going. While I wholeheartedly agree, I think that sometimes there can be more to it. I think that like, for example, if you're going to medical school or you're going to nursing school or something like that, like it, I mean, I don't know cause I've never been to medical school or anything like that or pharmacy school or something like that, but I'm it, I've heard that it's just a nonstop grind and that there really is no break. And that if you do take too long of a break kind of thing, it, like it equals failure. So while I 100%, at least for my life and the way I've, I've led it, 100% agree that you do need to take those pit stops for yourself. I can see in certain situations where it's like, you just don't have that luxury. I think in terms of like the burnout thing, from when I went from tech to nonprofit, like I definitely see the difference in like, quote unquote, like work culture, which was like interesting <laughs> for better or worse. But yeah, just to kind of like wrap up, like I, I kind of want to like make sure I, I'm fully tracking what you were alluding to. Yes, there, there will be people who are younger than you and smarter than you, but parts of a successful career is having that knowledge and experience that only comes with working. Am I right? Or wrong? 100% right. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Sorry, I was pouring myself a shot. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so if you guys, uh, I forgot to mention this earlier, but for our listeners, it is uh, Daniel's birthday recently. Hey, happy birthday. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. So yeah, listeners, yeah. if you're listening, take a shot. Cheers. Cheers, mates. That kind of takes us to our bad break. Keeping up with the Joneses, the phrase originated from with the comic strip of Keeping Up with the Joneses, created by Arthur R. Pop Maumond. I probably butchered that. In 1913, the strip ran until 1940 in the New York World and various news, other newspapers. The strip depicts the social climbing McGinnis family who struggle to keep up with their neighbors, the Joneses of the title. But what I thought was like really interesting was when I looked up from Stuff You Should Know. I don't know if you if you ever heard of that podcast, but oh, yeah. it's pretty cool. It's pretty interesting. They actually said back in the 1850s, there was a family named the Joneses that 
built like a massive mansion in like a really ritzy area. And because they did that, a lot of their neighbors ended up building up their mansions as, as well. So oh. I thought that was kind of interesting that Wikipedia's definition of like where it originated from was like, I don't know if it was debunked, but there was definitely like an earlier time frame of when keeping up with the Joneses. So the Jones is an actual family. Yeah. Yeah. The Jones in the 1850s was it was an actual family that actually, you know, quote unquote started like they built up their house. So all their neighbors wanted to like follow build suit. up their house. So yeah. Follow suit. Yeah. That's crazy. That's actually really funny. It's a house. It's a, it's a family from the 1850s. That's still flexing on people today. We still use yeah. that phrase. That's so <laughs> whack. Now yeah, they're just, just called the Kardashians. Yeah, just, <laughs> just, just imagine they built a house that was 7,690 square feet. Damn, that's a big ass house. I would have the biggest game room. That's, I mean, that's all I would really want. <laughs> I would have like a theater. Oh yeah, that's tight. That's I would want one. so many things. A big ass bathroom, two sinks. That's like all I really want in life. Two sinks like, actually is really clutch. Just let me tell clutch, you, man. that would be amazing. I, yeah, that's like a game changer right there. That's what I yeah. want. Why is having two sinks a thing? Because like to me, I've always grew up with like one sink. Right. So I don't understand what the point of having two sinks is. Here's my question. Did you grow up with a brother or a sister? Brother. That's why. <laughs> now that I am married, I just notice all the things around the sink that wasn't there before. Previously, yeah. it was like a brush, a, a toothbrush, and like hair gel. Things. LA gear hair gel. No, <laughs> not LA gear. What's it called? Uh, LA, uh, L- LA lights. Do you guys remember that hair gel? Oh my God. I, I think I, I use like. Uh, I don't use hair gel now. Uh, back then. Like, I I, it was like it was paste. Gatsby's. Gatsby paste. Oh, I use Gatsby's actually. Yeah, Gatsby paste <laughs> For certain things. Thing. All right. So now that we're back from the bad break. Something that I've kind of always wondered was, does your family ever push like societal pressures onto you? Um, Or do you feel as if there are more societal pressures being Asian through keeping up with the Kims or the Yims? Um, (laughs) In my view, as kids, you, you see a lot of Asian parents being competitive. And I don't know that spans across like other ethnicities, but it was just something that I've kind of, you know, like I've seen, you know, very competitive into getting into the top schools, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, like you have like the family guy skit where he's like, you doctor yet? You know, <laughs> talk to me when you doctor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like those are like kind of somewhat very real or was it like completely different for you? Or even now, like in our adult lives, do your parents brag about like what you do or, you know, like do they put pressure onto you into like doing things? Yeah. So one of the things that came to mind um, as you were talking about that question was my experience at school. Right. And so the societal pressure overall that my dad put on me, or at least, you know, my, both my parents, but more from my dad was that you have to go to school, right? You have to finish high school. You have to go to college. Those were like mandatory, right? Those are the societal pressures that were going to put on you. The interesting part about that was that my parents didn't really care where I went to college, even though they said like going to high school is pretty much like expected. You have to go to high school. You have to finish. They didn't really care like what college. And I'm going to add on top of that. So in San Francisco, where I went to high school, it's kind of a big deal where you go to high schools. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like maybe a big deal isn't the best way to put it, but like you, you definitely want to go to the, the good high schools, right? Yeah. Yeah. And even if you don't go to the, the good high schools, like depending on which high school you, you went to, it tells you, you know, there, there's a lot to it, right? It's a big part of your personality. And so the reason why I think my parents didn't care about what schools I went to was because my dad did not go to a great high school. So me and my dad went to the same high school, but back in his day, like the high school was really like not very well known for like 
high academics. And even when I went, like, it wasn't really well known for high academics, but he was able to like take his experience there, go to college, get a really good job from it. And so he was like, in the end, he was like, it really doesn't matter what school you go to as long as you make something from it, right? It's not specifically where you are that matters, but how you apply yourself. Just for our listeners out there, if you're not from San Francisco or the Bay Area, back when we were going to high school, you can say that there was like a like tier one, tier two, like type of high schools. Tier one was like Lowell High School because it was very competitive. It wasn't like a lottery system where you just apply and you kind of get in there if you can. You actually had to meet certain requirements. And then you had like tier two high schools where it was just like a little bit of a better school, but still within that lottery system. And then like these like tier three schools where academically they weren't like that great. So that was just a little bit of context into what he was talking about in terms of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't say that there's bad high schools in San Francisco, but it's, it's just like, you know, there's different personalities to every single one. That's yeah. And I, and I would say like now it's very much evened out where all those high schools now are, are in a little bit more of a more level playing field for better or worse. But yeah, anyways, just a little bit of context. So to your question about just societal pressure and family pressure, I think being Asian definitely has its own additional set of pressures. Growing up, I've always felt like there was always that kind of comparison to other people at church and other people within the family, other people within like the social circle that was uh, my family and the community. And so there was always additional pressure just to either be better in high school, um, to be better at a certain instrument, to be on a certain sports team, you know, whatever it might be. And so there's always some sort of comparing going on. Um, And I think that's a pretty common experience, I'd say, from the people that I've met throughout my life that have come from an Asian background. I mean, there's like, there's like, I would say microaggression that I would I would say that I got from my family where they wouldn't necessarily like lie to other people, but they would like exaggerate the truth a little bit. I'll give you an example. I remember one of the first Christmas cards that my dad ever sent out. My dad loves to send out Christmas cards like at the end of the year, just like how the family's doing, update on every person. But when I got into Santa Cruz, UC Santa Cruz, you wrote, Han got into the University of California. Now, for those who aren't familiar with the UC Santa <laughs> <laughs> Feels bad, man. I know. With those who aren't familiar with the uh, uh, California school system, the UC system is the University of California system. And so there are different campuses such as Santa Cruz, Davis, Irvine, LA, etc. However, commonly referred to as University of California is Cal Berkeley, which is uh, the most prestigious, I would say, out of all of the UCs. And so by saying that I got into University of California, he wasn't necessarily lying because I did get into University of California, Santa Cruz. I most certainly did not get into Berkeley. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just small things like that, right? Where it, he would like, he wouldn't necessarily like cover up or lie about what I was doing, but in a way kind of like make it seem nicer than it was. And so it's interesting because I think I've, as I've grown up, I've also realized that my family itself does its own keeping up with the Joneses. What I mean by that is that they want to appear like the perfect family to everybody. And so um, anytime there's issues or anytime there's problems, they don't want to talk about it, which I think is pretty common in the Asian community. Like people just want to look like they have all their shit together, right? My family was no exception in that regard. And they wanted to look like that we're one big happy family and there's nothing wrong, but that's not the case, man. We fought, we had issues, we have arguments. And that's something that I, I think I still continue to have trouble with today of like trying to talk to them about real stuff. Do you think that's more of like a generational thing? I mean, like obviously for like Daniel, it might be a little bit different thing with your dad. It's an interesting question. My perspective, it may be a hot take or not, but Asian families 
were keeping up with the Joneses before keeping up with the Joneses. <laughs> what I mean by that is that yeah. I feel like Asian families have been comparing as long as I can remember, man. I mean, you know, even my grandparents will talk about my parents in a certain way. And so it's just, it just, it feels like it's been a thing forever, right? I mean, keeping up with the Joneses was just something before social media and Asian families. And so, you know, I remember I played clarinet in high school and I was like, oh, but did you know that Tommy from whatever is like first clarinet, first chair? And like, and then my parents was like, shoot back with like, oh, but he's like top of his class. And it's always like a comparison game, right? And I think that happens with a lot of families, but Asian families, man, especially, man, it's, 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 I feel like it's pretty tough. So what I meant by generational thing was like, honestly, when you said that, I was thinking of like crazy rich Asians. Do you think future generations, maybe starting with us, maybe starting after us, would be less comparative. Do you think we'll compare less? Less competitive. Yeah, we'll be less, less competitive. competitive. I would say more. Really? Ooh. Personally, like for one thing, the population crisis, right? Population's going up and up and up. That means resources and availability in good schools, et cetera, et cetera, in good programs are going to be harder to come by. Mm. Secondly, social media. Social media is going to up that comparison game. Personally, I, my person, it's my personal belief that social media will fuel the comparison game. I mean, like to that argument, like... I feel like we grew up in the age of social media, right? Fair. Like we grew up with the, I guess, birth of social media. I would yeah. say birth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would say birth. But in that like traditional sense, right? Like I don't see myself comparing. I mean, if I had a child bragging like, oh, my mm. child is like X, Y, Z. But I mean, obviously I'm not a parent. So take that with a grain of salt. When you first asked that question, I wanted to give like the, the idyllic answer, which is like, oh, we'll be much better adjusted with our kids. And now that we are, we understand the impacts of social media, we'll blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. I think after hearing Daniel's point, I kind of, I kind of see where he's coming from. Like, even though we were there for the birth of social media, it's interesting because the people, the generation after us will never not know a life of social media. Right. In, in fact, yeah, good point. In, in fact, for us, it's interesting because whenever, you know, you've seen people who post their baby photos or whatever on Instagram and whatnot, like it's like a picture of a picture of like a Polaroid or like a slide or like a, like a printed Walgreens photo. You know what I mean? Like it's a very like, old school, <laughs> but like, dude, some of the kids these days are going to have like a literally a living log of their entire life digitally. Right. I mean, I'm talking like full video from, you know, from birth to whatever. And so that's a wild concept to me, man. And for, for me, like their lives will always be online. Uh, and they'll always have a social presence unless, again, the parents specifically choose not to. And I, I, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Doug. I want to say I'm not going to do the comparison game, but I feel like everybody does to a degree, right? Social media just ex exacerbates it even more. Now, to try and take a positive spin on it, I think and I hope that I think that with social media, we can also share some of the things that were maybe taboo before. I know that miscarriages, for example, are, are much more common than than we realize. Yes. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah, and I so started, like, for sure, actually, but but I think what's great about social media is that people talk about their pain, and they put it out there, and then a lot, and then you can kind of find a community where people will come will will come and say like, hey, I'm kind of experiencing the same thing, and so it, it's always going to be a double edged sword to me. Yeah. Social media, it's always going to be the power to be incredibly supportive and amazing, as we've seen, whether it's like through the through the Black Lives Matter protests through uh, the Stop API Hate Movement. We've seen incredible awareness. And again, we've talked about knowledge and spreading that knowledge out, being a great platform for that. On the flip side too, same thing, like bringing back to the example at the beginning of the episode, I really have been looking at cars for the past like week just because people have been posting about cars, but I, there's no reason for me to buy one right now. So again, it's, just, it's always gonna be that comparison game. Yeah, something that kind of like came to mind when I was writing this was when you think of like detox, it's usually something bad, like alcohol Yeah, detox. bad stigma kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, like yeah. whatever, like... But then social media has, like people say that they do social media detox, which I think is kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't see it crazy, but crazy in that sense. But yeah. To frame it in a different way, 
what you said, like you take a detox from alcohol or from smoking to help your body heal or to, to get rid of the toxins. In the same way, I think one of the nice things about all of this is that it's brought to light the idea of mental health. And so though mental health doesn't appear in like a, a chemical form or, you know, abusing it in a certain way, I think honestly, doing a detox from social media can help improve your mental health, right? Just like detoxing from alcohol can improve your liver health. It's just as important. And I think that taking those detoxes are extremely uh, vital, I think, especially going forward in, in, in society. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if that becomes like, just like we've learned that like drinking, what is it, eight cups of water a day? I might be getting that number wrong, um, is, is healthy for the human body. Yeah. I mean, it may be just common knowledge that like, hey, taking an hour, whatever it is, social media break is, uh, is good for you. It's my two cents. Yeah. I think that was like something that I did. I took like a break and it definitely helped to me kind of like, it was at one point where I was, it was like a very unhealthy habit. And I used to kind of like fight it saying like, I work in social media and stuff right. like that. So like by default, I have to be on it to right. like, kind of like keep up, but like giving myself like that one month break, it was kind of like reset everything. But yeah, you know, I wouldn't say like social media is all doom and gloom. I think there's like definitely some positives. Absolutely. All right. So I know that we kind of like spent this entire time bagging, on <laughs> keeping up with the Joneses, but I'm a very positive person and I always try to like well. frame things. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, yeah. I try, so I always try to frame things and like, what is the positive sometimes? So from your perspective, is there a way that we can paint keeping up with the Joneses in a positive light? Yeah, I think I can take a first stab at this one. In terms of spinning, keeping up with the Joneses in a positive light, I think that one way we can look at it positively is setting goals for yourself. We talked in earlier in the episode about wanting to continually learn, get better and grow. And I think one of the things that social media has helped me to see is that there are other interesting things that are out there and things that I didn't even know about. I always love the phrase of there are things you know, and then there are things you don't know you don't know, right? And I think one of the interesting things about social media is that it has exposed things that I don't know I don't know. And so with that, it's piqued new interests and new things and set, helped me to set new goals. So in a way, keeping up with the Joneses for me has been a positive force. As long as I understand that I don't know everything, understand that I want to learn certain things and set goals for myself, but it gives me exposure to things that it can help me grow and become a better person. Also just to help provide for my family and do better, more things. And so if you can use it as inspiration and help learning things that are maybe outside of your normal point of view, that's how I can see it as a positive way. Damn it. I was going to say that. <laughs> I mean, like, to be honest, like, I kind of felt like everybody was going to say that. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, probably. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to frame it in a slightly different way, though, if, if I can go first. So my big thing is when you ask kids or when you even when you asked us when we were kids, what are you going to do when you grow up? The, the answer is like impossible. You know, like, I want to be a dentist. I want to be an astronaut. I'm going to be a doctor kind of thing. But you don't really know what it takes to get there. And I feel like social media and keeping up with the Joneses gives the younger generation the exposure that they need to see what it takes to get there, right? Mm -hmm. Even so much as videos like this doctor reacts to Grey's Anatomy kind of thing, like different episodes in Grey's Anatomy. You, you see how a doctor really talks. You see how they analyze situations. You see, you can, you can hear what schools that they went to and where they did their clinicals and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's like, having the exposure of all life has to offer. Cause really, you know, the, that's what the internet is, right? It's all of mankind's knowledge in one place or something. Right. I don't know, but, but having that exposure, I think is a really big deal and a really big step forward for the younger generation. And I think it can present them with new ideas that perhaps we did not have. I like that. Yeah. I like that too. I mean, not to beat a dead horse, but to me, keeping up with the Joneses, especially in the career sense has been like a driving factor 
for me, right? To like strive for something. But the one thing that I had to learn in terms of keeping with the Joneses was it had to be a balance, right? Kind of like a yin and a yang type of thing where you cannot be not competitive and not have that driving force behind you. But at the same time, like you can't let it consume you to the point where it's unhealthy, right? Mm-hmm. And then sometimes like for me, like balance is out of whack. And then sometimes that I just got to like take a step back and like start to like reevaluate and stuff like that. You know, you guys said it in a more elegant, eloquent <laughs> manner. For all of our listeners, use keeping up with the Joneses inspiration, but don't burn yourself out. All right. So that kind of like leads us to our rapid fire. All right. Let's get it. You got $10 million. Got to invest it and hold for 10 years. You, you investing in stocks or crypto? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say stocks. I, would say, I think I'd say socks too. I had to pause for a second. I was like, eh, no socks. I'm, I'm gonna go history. Stocks have been around longer. Stonks. Stonks. <laughs> I'd probably go crypto. You would. Live a successful but unfulfilling life or be broke but a fulfilling life. That is some philosophical stuff right there. <laughs> yeah, right. I would I I mean like the what do you want to say? Not visionary in me, but you know what I mean? Like that that part of me wants to say broke AF, but living a fulfilling life, right? Because yeah. that's like the that's like the the trope. But money's great, yeah. man. I mean, you can you can do so much cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was my initial response to you. I was like, fulfilling. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. Anyways. I think I kind of fall in, I don't know, man. It's kind of See? like, how broke is broke? <laughs> <laughs> like, depending on how broke, it would probably just be broken and <laughs> fulfilling. But depending on how broke. All right. All right. Be a billionaire, but we got to stop being friends. <laughs> billionaire is a lot of money, man. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> there is no right or wrong answer. I mean, kind of. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. I mean, I already know Doug's answer. It's like, I'd be a billionaire. I can make new friends. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> dude, these are philosophical tough questions, man. I would say honestly, I would want a billion dollars though. Say uh, that again. A billion is a lot. I would still want to be friends. How many zeros is that again? It's a uh, nine zeros. How many zeros you got in your own big no, I'm just kidding. Uh less than that. <laughs> Way less. <laughs> I initially like very heartbeat thought was like billion dollars, hands down. Because you can damn you a brand new life. But like the more I thought about it. I was just like, oh man, like it's like the more people that I've found that didn't stay friends with like the, the people they met in college kind of thing, the more I realized that it's like, it's pretty hard to find like good friends that you've been friends with for a long time and have managed to stay friends. And, you know, it's not something that everybody gets to have later on in life. So I would, I'd probably pick you guys. Yeah. Friends. You pass upon your life. rich friends. I will come up with a snappy comeback one hour later. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what about right. Doug? Did you answer? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably still be friends. Ah, <laughs> uh, I mean, eighty yeah. for life. It was a, it was a weird life. realization, like in high school. But I mean, not with you guys. But it was somebody yeah. put us to the test. Somebody buy us out for yes. one billion dollars. Excuse me, three billion dollars yeah. with the condition that we can't be friends anymore and see what we do. Yeah, see, what <laughs> see what happens. All right. So something that I was kind of curious about because someone mentioned it, so I kind of made a quick pivot. What was something that you wanted to be? when you were growing up my parents have like three different like career choices that i told them that i wanted to be one was i wanted to work at legoland (laughs) to Uh build legos another one was to be a cook i wanted to be a chef even though i was like not good at cooking Mm -hmm. and then another one was i wanted to be an architect and my mom said it was so i can build a bunch of bathrooms to blow up or something but (laughs) why would you want to blow up bathrooms 
I don't know. I was, I was young, but <laughs> something, something that I did want to touch on that's totally not rapid fire was that my mom was actually pretty good of like letting me. Yeah. Do that. Cause like when I said, I wanted to be a chef, she said, go to business school so you can learn how to run a restaurant. When I said I wanted to be an ar- architect or Legoland, she just said, you gotta be an engineer or good at math. Oh, dude, so she, she, like, she, really... she Jedi mind tricked you, man. That's genius. <laughs> Yeah. So I thought that was actually pretty smart. I'm going to use that later on in life. I appreciate that. That's a good test. <laughs> I wanted to be famous. I know that sounds stupid. Influencer. But I still want to be famous now. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> yeah, uh, not, no, I don't want to be an influencer. I actually, I really want to be an actor. I don't know if you guys remember, but in Santa Cruz, I took a ton of acting classes. Actually, actually was, I do I, remember that. You were was, like a couple credits away from. Correct. I was five credits shy of having an acting minor. Um, <laughs> that's crazy to me. Because <laughs> I, I didn't realize I took that many classes because it was just for fun. And oh. and but I loved it. And so I wanted to be an actor. I think at the time it just wasn't really a career path. And I, I don't think I took the risk enough to try and make it happen. It's never and too so, late. <laughs> I think it's awesome to see all the Asians in media now. And a part of me, if I'm being totally honest with you guys, and again, it's not something I've ever really said out loud, but like, I'm jealous. Um, I think that it's, I really wish that this was around when I was younger so that I could have the ability to, or feel like I could make it in Hollywood. Yeah. That's something I always wanted. Daniel. I wanted to be a scientist. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I really? Want, I wanted to be a dentist if I'm being straight up. Oh man, nice. <laughs> it was just safe. You know, you only had to go to your office. You didn't, it's like, you didn't have to go to like a, I don't know. Or you didn't have to travel, I guess I would say. And um, it was just a very safe profession. You made a lot of money. That's all. I can't imagine you people, you working in people's mouths though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Last question. Social media. Good or bad for society? I'm still going to stand by my answer of good, having that exposure to what people are doing, how they're doing it, and their like story of how they got there is very important. I'm also going to say the good outweighs the bad. Uh, I definitely think there's a lot of bad that needs to be acknowledged, but being able to find groups and people who understand so maybe something you're going through, if you have a rare condition or, or something like that, like it's hard to find. You can find those communities online. And I think that all social media is ultimately helped foster a lot of those good things well shoot now i should say it's bad no i mean say what you feel (laughs) in all honesty i do agree with you guys like there is a lot of good but there's also like a lot of bad right yeah i definitely and i think it's all just a balancing act of like how you like deal with it and being able to kind of navigating it slow fire (laughs) i know right all right so yeah that that kind of wraps up this episode six of keeping up the joneses if you think we like totally missed the mark on anything like feel free to let us know but yeah that concludes this episode deuces peace reach out to us on twitter and instagram at 3ad podcast we know how precious time is these days so we want to thank you for spending some of your time with us as you go on into tomorrow go on unapologetically go on as a positive force and most importantly go on with your bad self